I want to start talking to us today about living the days of heaven here on earth. Living the days of heaven here on earth. If you have your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Deuteronomy 30, verse 16. I have quite a few scriptures this morning. I'll read them out. If you can follow, great. If you can't, don't get too uh, disconcerted about that. The issue is I'm just trying to help you see some things. I'm going to lay a foundation today of living the days of heaven here on earth. How many of you believe it's possible? In Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16 We start with, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering into possess. Amen. Wow. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, well, I declare to you today that you will certainly be destroyed. No pressure. You will, not be, you will not live long in the land you are crossing, the Jordan, to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, do, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God Comma, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. Wow. Now, if there was an offer, and there is, there is an offer being made. If this offer being made today promised you life, long life, for you and your children, and you would enter into a land... And you'll be prosperous, so we'd have progress, prosperity, and protection. What do you think your answer would be? Some of you are not quite sure. Well, okay, I'll leave you to wrestle that one. The obvious answer, the one that you don't need a brain to answer, is yes. We all want prosperity, health. When I say prosperity, I mean health. Not just talking about money. We're talking about well-being. We're talking about wholeness for our family. Who doesn't want their family to be well? Of course we do. You know, we've been wrestling some sickness in this house, this church, and we all know the pressure that sickness can put on a family. Yeah? So we don't want sickness, so we, you know, the offer here is of another way. How you can rise above sickness. How you can rise above, you know, uh, the enemy in your life. He's offering it here, but Moses is gathering the whole nation together. It's in a solemn assembly, and he's speaking to the nation, and he gathers them, and he's saying, look, guys, today, today, the only day you have is today. You don't always have tomorrow to make a choice. Today is the only day we have. That's why the Bible's full. All today is what we have. Tomorrow is a promise. It may come. It may not come. In fact, these millions of people all around the earth did not wake up today. <clears throat> it's a fact of life. But today, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now 
Choose life so that you and your children may live. This day I call heaven and earth to witness against who? You. So he's calling heaven and earth in his conversation. He's, it's almost like he's saying, heaven, come. Earth, come. You are about to record what is about to take place today. Now what do you think gave Moses the audacity to be able to call heaven to witness and earth to witness. What do you think causes a man to rise up and to be able to speak and have the authority to call heaven and earth as a witness? Right. Relationship under, not only a relationship with God, and a relationship with heaven. God gives a man authority and gives women authority when there is a relationship installed God gives you heaven's backing all of heaven is given to you to make God's decrees not your decrees heaven's decrees so Moses knew that when he gathered Israel together that day he was speaking God's language he was speaking under the authority he was aligned with heaven anyone who speaks who's not aligned under heaven the Bible calls him a false prophet so, what do you think gave Joshua the audacity to be able to call the sun and moon and say, Sun, stand still for one day. Moon, stand still for one day. So the tide neither came in or came out. The sun never went up or down. Can you imagine the authority to cause the sun to stand still? And the moon, you try it. You try it, see if it works for you. But you know, if God told you to do it, it could happen. It will happen if God told you to do it. What do you think gave Samuel the audacity to be able to say, it's not wheat harvest for today. I'm going to call on God to send rain and thunder so that you will know the wrong that you've done by asking for a king. Men were able to use the earth and the heavens to demonstrate God's backing over their lives. And over a nation. So if you can learn to operate in the frequency of heaven, there is no stopping us. There is no stopping us. If we can align ourselves up with God, so we can hear his voice, speaking what he tells us to speak, when we need to speak it, where we need to speak it, there is no limits to what God can't do through you. Heaven on earth. When Moses was speaking, Moses was the channel that we heard about this morning. When David stood up and gave us that word about being a conduit, Moses, Joshua, Samuel were just conduits. Ordinary men who God used to speak through so heaven could flow through. Heaven has to flow through a human channel. Heaven has to flow through a human channel. So he uses man and, men and women so heaven can make its thoughts known to the earth. It's a powerful, God set it up that way. You are God's vessel. It wasn't long before it started thundering. It wasn't long before it started raining. And the people started crying out, we've sinned against you, Lord. Yes, you have. And how do you know you've sinned against us? Because now the prophet opened his mouth and told you. That what you were doing, asking for a king, when God told you, you don't want a king. 
Well, we want to be like the rest of the other nations, said Israel. God says, but I don't want you to be like the rest of the other nations. Well, we want a king. It's like when your children come to you and say, I want a pair of those shoes. I want one of those dresses. That's if it's a girl, obviously. I want one. Why? Because I want to be like all my friends. And you say, don't go down that way. It's not healthy. But what what do they do? But I want it. I need it. I must have it. Why? Because they want to fit in. And God says, Israel, I don't want you to fit in. I want you to stand out. I don't want you to be beige and gray and bland like the rest of the nations. I want you to be my nation, my people. All the way through time and history, God has always sought a people. In the New Testament, you're now called a holy priesthood and a holy nation. In the Old Testament, God wanted a people for himself. So he says to Israel, you do not want Saul. Why? Because God knew Saul's heart. He said, you don't want him because he will lead you into sin. And here's the consequences. Samuel says that. So, the, the, you know, the dimensions of heaven flowing over our lives is a very real, very real reality. It really is. It's not something that has to be mystical. And yet, for so many years, you know, I heard preachers talk about heaven as if it was a, it was a mystical place. They never showed me how I could touch there, touch heaven. They never showed me how I could get into heaven. When I say get into heaven, I don't mean me leaving the earth and going up there. I mean how heaven could flow through me. They never taught me those things. It's a place, well, thank you, it's a place, that only dead Christians can go. You've got to be dead to get into heaven. Gee, can't say I'm in a rush then. I'm not dying to get into heaven. I'm dying to touch heaven. And it's, but you know, heaven is a beautiful place. It's powerful. It's, I'll use the word, the American word, and we use it too easy, awesome. Now, do you know it's awesome if you haven't touched it? Ah, but how do you know I haven't? The heavens are where the throne room is. Do you know there's three heavens? Three heavens. There is the heaven throne room number one. I should say heaven number one is where the throne room is. Jesus is sat there. Where the glory, where the saints in glory are, where they all the living creatures of heaven are. Right now, when we worship, we join with the saints. We join with all the creatures in heaven. Because our position is in Christ. I'll show you that in a minute. Though we're on earth, we're in heaven. Realm number two, heaven number two, is where all the demonic spirits are. They're not in the throne room. Satan cannot go into the throne room. Whatever you, whatever, whoever told you that Satan could go into the throne room, it's not true. Once he got kicked out, that's it. He can never go back in again. But you and I can go in. You and I can go into the throne room. Because we have full access through Jesus Christ into the throne room. But Satan cannot. And they say, well, what about Job? Job, that's, that's a completely different context. We haven't got time to go into that. It's a completely different context. He's not allowed in. Heaven three is the planet Earth where you and I live. We read this morning 
Your kingdom come where? Heaven on earth. It's often believed that, as, as by many Christians, that if we live a good life here on the earth, both following and believing God, that when you die, you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Is that true? Part. Good. It's half truth. It's true, but it's not the whole truth, Your Honor. So help me God. Yeah? We will inherit the kingdom. Many have failed to discover that by them being righteous, righteousness alone is what grants you entrance into the kingdom. The foundation of the throne room is righteousness and justice. In Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ makes us righteous. It's not a work of you, it's a work of Christ. Christ did that on the cross for us. He made us righteous in his likeness and in his image. So that when we step into Christ, we are the righteousness of God. So we can step in through Jesus Christ. Let me use this illustration. Phil, just stand up a minute, please. It's almost like, let's just say Phil is Jesus and Carol's God. I can't get to God unless I come through Jesus. The Bible says there's no way to get to God unless first you come through Christ. So the more I try, I get blocked off. I can't get in. But then as I step in to Phil, Phil then takes me to Christ. That's the only way, sorry, to God. The only way I can get to the Father is through the Son. So if I stay in the Son, I can always have access into heaven. True? Thank you. So how do I stay in the Son? By living, walking righteously. I make right choices. I give my heart over to Christ. I let him work on my heart through the Holy Ghost. As long as I stay in Christ, I can constantly have fellowship with the Father. No, one, no way can you have fellowship with God unless you stay in the sun. It's called the sun life. That's not insurance policy. Like I say, heaven for many people has become mystical, imaginative, speculative. Many have dismissed it. It's a place that many can't, don't think they can go, so to them it's off limits. It's a no-go area. But, it's a, it, but it isn't, it's a go area. It's an everyday entrance area. Through our relationship, we can touch the heavens, and the heavens can touch the earth. Some of you don't look convinced. It's true. How many of you? Oh, let me read this scripture to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. When we enter and connect with heaven, the Holy Spirit is our portal. When we connect with heaven, the only way we can get through is through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the portal. Let me describe it like this. Who's seen the Chronicles of Narnia? Anybody seen it? Okay. In the movie, this is just an illustration. This is not the same, but this is just an illustration. Lucy, in the, book of, in the movie of Chronicles of Narnia, she's mooching in, in, in this big house and she finds the wardrobe. Okay. And as kids do, they're mysterious. And she goes in the wardrobe, and as she walks, steps through the wardrobe, she ends up in a place called Narnia. She crosses through a portal. The wardrobe is the portal. It takes her into a different dimension. And then the journey, the chronicles begin. Hence the, hence the book, Chronicles of Narnia. When we step into Christ through the Holy Ghost... 
Holy Ghost is our portal. We step into the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit takes us through the heavenlies to the Father's heart. He's the one, we sang it this morning, he's the consciousness of God who's inside us. He's the one who's revealing the Father's nature within us. He's the one that when you feel, I shouldn't be thinking like that, and you feel uncomfortable, that's the Holy Ghost. He's the one speaking to you, reminding you, don't do that, stay righteous. Stay clean, stay pure. Why? Because he wants you to be able to live in this dimension, not just step into it. This is our life. This is called Romans 8. Life in the spirit. There's no way to, we're not, listen, when we talk about living the days of heaven on earth, please write this down because this is going to stop you from being charismatic on me. We are not talking about living experiences. We're not talking about just touching heaven so we can have an experience. It is an experience, but it's a life. It's not an experience. Charismatic believers want a meeting where they can touch heaven, fall on the floor, get up and go out no different. That's not the dimensions of heaven that God wants us to touch alone. Yes, there will be times of experience. There'll be times of healing. There'll be times of joy. There'll be times of tears. There'll be all types of different experiences, but God doesn't want you just to have an experience on its own because we're not thrill seekers. Romans 8 says, life through the Spirit. It's a life that God wants us to have. So we can touch heaven, we can walk in heaven, we can talk to heaven, heaven can talk to us. Is this freaking you out? Ephesians 2 verse 8, through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Please say that with me. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Hallelujah. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. God just doesn't let anyone in heaven. God allows his household. If you are born again, submitted to the will of God, you are part of his household. God's allowed his household to touch the dimensions of his heart. So it's like this. Everybody everybody in the Warrington family, let's just say Dave and Veronica, everything they've worked for and got, They've given access, not fully, they've given access to Mel, to all the grandkids, to all, you know, to Marcus, to all Dawn and everybody else. Why? Because it's their household. Everything they've worked for is, is open and available in measure, in a contract, <laughs> in circumstances, <laughs> to their family to touch. Do you understand that concept? God's given everything for his household. Who's his household? The church. So we, we, we enter and connect with heaven through the Holy Spirit as he is our portal. As we've just read, Ephesians 2.18. What would you say if I told you the days of heaven can literally be lived on the earth? You'd say, show me. Okay, thank you. Genesis 28 verse 10. It's a familiar scripture, hopefully that, a scripture that we don't become familiar with. You understand what my reference point there, don't you? Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. 
Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, which is his top reaching to heaven. Where was it reaching? Heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above stood the Lord. Now he's on earth. Where's Jacob? He's on the earth. He's not in heaven. He's on the earth. He's on the run. He's now tired because of his running. His fear has driven him into a place, a normal place, an average place, nothing special. The place is not holy. It's not sanctified. It's not been, there's no sacrifice there. He's just tired and he finds a stone and he goes to sleep. But where did he go to sleep? He was on earth. Next thing, he has a dream. What type of dream? Well, you and I dream, don't we? We just have a normal dream and God invades our sleep and speaks to us in a, in a sleep. And he calls it a dream. So now what was not, which was a, God is using the normal dream and God's appearing in the dream. So now heaven is beginning to invade the earth. At this point, God is able to speak to us even when we're asleep. God doesn't need you awake to speak to you. Some of us are so dumb, so hard, that God says, I'll wait until you're asleep. And then I'll move on you when you're asleep. So you think, ah, I'll stay awake all night then. It's not waiting for Father Christmas this, you know. Once you fall asleep, the Holy Spirit will come in. He'll, he'll, he'll drop a thought. So when you wake up in the morning, that's really strong inside your heart. Sometimes you get a strong impression, I need to go and see such and such a body today. I need to call such and such a body today. I need to go and make peace with such and such a body today. Who is that? That's the Holy Ghost. When you were asleep, he didn't wait for your permission. He just dropped it in. So now in this place, Jacob's asleep. He's tired. And he has a spiritual dream. Heaven is now invading the earth at this point. What was the connecting point in this dream? The stairway. He shows him a stairway where heaven is you know, the, the heavens are open and he can see there's a ladder. And he can see angels coming up and down. Now, how many of you know, angels do not need ladders. Why? Because angels can move from one realm to the next. They have that ability. That's how God created them. Now, they have the ability. Why? Because they're spiritual beings. Though you have a physical body, you have a spirit inside you. And that spirit has the same power as those created beings, plus more. Because the power, he created the beings. So the Holy Ghost can move in any dimension. There's no barriers to the Holy Ghost. There's no religion, no military arsenal that can stop the Holy Ghost moving where he wants. Now when you're in the spirit, the Holy Ghost can, can put things in your heart that no one ever knew or even thought about. The Holy Ghost could give us the cure to cancer tomorrow. Why don't he do it? That's a different question we haven't got time for. But the Holy Ghost can do anything. He can go anywhere. All we have to do is work with him. When we work with him, the Holy Spirit can take us anywhere in the spirit. We can see things in the spirit, even though I'm in England, I can see something taking place in Africa. 
And if there was, let's just say there was a government and they were plotting, the Holy Ghost can show me what they're doing, what they're saying, even when I'm in my house in prayer. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. He's, he's not, listen, he's not sky, he's not broadband, he's more than that. All we need to do is upload. True? So, the stairway connecting heaven and earth, angels, like I said, don't need ladders. What God was showing Jacob is that there is that portal that man can go into the heavens and the heavens can come to the earth. When God created the heavens and the earth, where was God? He was on the earth, speaking with Adam. Hello? Adam was speaking to God on the earth. Read your Bible. And now here's Jacob, who's running away. He's on the run, and he's seeing that there is a crossing point where he can go into the heavens, and where the heavens can flow into his life. That is a very, very powerful place to be. It's a supernatural place. This is why people make it mystic. Because they don't know how to get there, so they conjure up ways of how to get there. So what we do, we play seance. We play Ouija boards. We go to tarot cards. All these people are trying to tell you what's going on on the other side. They all want to try and get there. Oh, I'm feeling I'm being channeled here. Conduit. I'm channeling all your aunties on the other side. She tells you it's okay. That's called a lie. She can't speak to the dead. She can't speak to the dead. Even Jesus Christ never tells you whether your auntie or your uncle or anybody else. I've been a Christian 30 years and he's never told me whether my father's up there or my mother. That's not for me to know. Work out your own salvation. Any spirit saying, oh, your auntie's up here. She says it's great. Shut up, you're a liar. It's the wrong spirit. People can open themselves up to the wrong spirit. You only have to go to the nations of the world and see how the other, other cultures tap in. Trying to get to heaven. We've already used the illustration. No man can come to the Father unless he first goes through the... How do we get through the Son? Through the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The three in one. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Well, if he's the way, then the Holy Ghost has got to show us the way. If he's the truth, then we need to be able to expel every other lie. And is the life, is the life because heaven is put flowing through our lives. That's why when you lay hands on the sick and the sick get healed, you are on the earth. There's nothing in my hand. It's not magic. My Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So if I lay hands on the sick, there's nothing in my hand. And yet, heaven flows through me and touches Carol in this instance. So heaven's flowing through me, a channel, a conduit, to touch the earth. And people get healed all the time. That's heaven flowing on the earth. All I'm doing is walking under a heaven. I'm walking, I'm in fellowship with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost says, lay hands on this one. So I lay hands on this one. All I'm doing is being obedient. Heaven flows through. I walked under in heaven. She witnessed heaven. She felt heaven. She experienced heaven. All I did was just put my hands. I'm the point of contact for heaven to flow. I'm the conduit. That's right. 
So Acts 16, verse 9, during the night, Paul had a vision. So we gave you an Old Testament. Now we're looking in the New Testament. Paul now has a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and he's begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So he's in the dream. He's having a dream. And in the dream, he sees a man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us. Now, if you had that dream, what would you do? You think, you know, I had a weird dream last night. I had a guy telling me to come to Macedonia. And you think, oh, it's a weird dream. And then God might have to give you the dream the next night. And the next night, as God did with me once, gave me a dream two nights on the run, just to get my attention. Part one, first night. Part two, the second night. Didn't understand it all, but I understood quite a lot of it, enough to get my attention. And sometimes when you get a dream and you get arrested, you know you can't shrug it off. You know there's more than this than your normal dream. Because how many of you know when you have a dream, there can be weird people turn up in it? What are they doing in my dream? Get out! And, and you know, it's, it's almost like it's a Marvel magazine. Anything can, anyone and anything can appear in your dream. But when you have a God dream, it won't leave you. It's like it's, it's like it stains you and you can't get it off until you begin to, God, what are you saying to me? Now he begins to reveal to you. The Bible's full of people who had dreams, full of them. Both non-Christians and Christians. Well, here, here he is having a dream. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once. Now, why did Paul get ready at once? Because he'd learned to train his heart to the Holy Spirit. He'd learned to be a conduit for the Holy Ghost to flow through. Where the other guy seriously needed convincing, Paul says, I know what that dream is. I've learned to tune my life up with heaven. And at once, they got up. I'm going. He says, I'm going. Where are we going? We're going to Macedonia. What do you mean we're going to Macedonia? I've had a dream. Can you imagine if I said to you tomorrow, if I said to Carol tomorrow, I'm going to Australia. What for? I've had a dream. I think we might need a few words. Don't you? But here's Paul, a free agent in the spirit. Get up, I'm going. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us there to preach to them. Wow. Where was Paul? On the earth. What was his experience? A heavenly vision. What was the message of the vision? What was the message of the vision? There is new territory to take. There is new territory for us to take. So when heaven invades our lives, it's to show us their kingdom is still advancing and how he wants you to play your part. How God can use you. You get in this church? We're not dreaming so we can have just great experiences. God's trying to communicate his message to us. If you have a dream, it's not so that God can pacify you with sweet dreams. Some people count sheep. Other people see heaven. You decide which one you want. But when God communicates to you in a dream, it's so that he's trying to get his message of what he wants you to do, how he wants you to administer his kingdom, how he wants you to flow in the grace. God is not wasting time. God's serious with us. Can you see that? You know, when I went to Australia, the very first time I went to Australia and Phil came with me, or Phil and I went together. It's a different connotation altogether. 
And Phil and I went, we went to, in fact, where Scott, my son, is staying right now in Australia, the house where he's staying, they have a young boy called Luke. And Luke, uh, as a young child in the church, w- was had really, really poor eyesight. And one night in the meeting, in their revival meetings, Luke, he was listening to what Pastor Peter was saying at the front of the church. And he's saying, let's go into heaven now. Let's just begin to raise our hands. Let's just begin touching heaven and, you know, touching the throne room. And Luke, all of a sudden, he's in the throne room as a young kid. And he's in there and he says, dad, dad, dad. And his dad's worshipping and he says, what, what? This is a young lad. What? He said, I'm in the throne room. Well, great, so am I. So he says, well, what's the big deal? He says, all I can see all around me is eyes. New eyes. He said, what do I do? He said, well, grab a pair. <laughs> grab a pair. So what do you mean? Grab a, just grab a pair. What colour? Any colour. <laughs> this is a young kid. So this is, well, they were on earth, worshipping. But the young boy has been caught up in his spirit and now... He's in heaven, but he's on the earth. So his dad says, pick up any set of eyes you want. That's good instruction. So as the kid picks a set of eyes up, his eyes are healed. So that became a pretty much strong phenomena. That young Luke's now got great eyesight. Now, I've seen this Luke many times. Every time I go back to Australia and have meals at his house, And the first first time Phil and I were there, I interviewed him. Because I wanted to interview him. Because don't forget, the first time I went to see these revival meetings, I wanted, I was like, I was doing a forensic search to see if all this is pretty kosher. To see if it's above board. To see if it's flesh. That's fine. Why? Because Because I respect you guys too much to let anything just flow into the house. So as much as me getting a bit of sun on me back, I still had to go and do some research. And I'm talking to Luke. And Luke begins to tell me, he says this, and this is a, what's he, five, six? No, he's about seven, wasn't he? About seven. So he's a kid that's fighting with his brother, punching his brother. Mum would say, Luke, Luke, stop it. And then you get his attention and he talks to you about going into the spirit. And then he break off and then start fighting with his brother again. Typical kid. You couldn't hold his attention. But when we did hold his attention, he was telling me, he said, I can go into the spirit. Since that day, God has allowed me to go into the spirit any time I want. So I'm thinking, wow, talk to me about this, Luke. Seven-year-old kid. Talk to me about this, Luke. So Luke says, well, I said, well, describe heaven to me. Oh, no problem, he says. I could go right now if I wanted. I'm thinking, wow, you take me with you. He says, I can go in. He says, and when I go into heaven, now this is a young kid. Now there was another young lad, well, not, not as young as Luke. He was probably about 17, 18. And he's a Samoan boy. You know, Samoan boys are pretty, like, you know, Fijians. They're pretty big. Now, he's been on their, he's been on the discipleship that Scott's now on, my son. So he's listening. He's living in this house because most of the students have to stay with a lot of the people in the church. He sat there and he's listening to my conversation with Luke. And Phil's listening. And he says, I go into heaven. He says, and when I go into heaven, he says, I see warehouses. Well, what kind of warehouses, Luke? He said, and I see arms, legs, hearts, livers, eyes. I see all body parts. So I said, oh, that's cool. He said, and there's angels over every one of these warehouses. He says, and when I get up in the spirit, the angel just opens the door and says, go on, go in. 
He said, I have access. So I said, well, that's interesting, Luke. I said, what's the throne room like? And he, start, he starts describing the throne room like he's reading the book of Revelation. He's got the language. He's articulate. He's got description. He starts mentioning the four rivers, how they flow through the throne. And he starts mentioning the names. Now, most of you can't remember the names of those rivers in Revelation. And he's given me a detoured, or should say, he's given me a guided tour through heaven as he's painting this picture for me. I'm filling up. I'm getting emotional at this point. In fact, when I came home, I couldn't tell Carol. She'll tell you, I was sat there and I was filling up. Over me, Sunday dinner, that's not good. Tears in, in your dinner. So I'm just, even now I get emotional about it. So Luke's telling me, and he starts describing the throne, and he describes the rivers, and he starts describing, uh, and then you have to ask him the ultimate question. What does he look like? And he just, breath, his breath went, I haven't got language to describe him. I went, Luke, you're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me, Luke. So he says, and then you have to ask the next question, don't you? Which is, have you been to hell? And I looked at him and I said, Luke, have you been to hell? And he went like, he went, yep, but we don't want to talk about that. So as he's talking and he's describing a little bit of hell, the boy on the corner says, I know exactly what he's saying. I've been the same place. I've seen what he's saying. So one day, there's a lady in the church who's got, she's got dialysis problems with the kidneys, liver or something like that. And so his mum says, Leanne, and I've just been, I've just been to, in GLS with Leanne, his mother, in Malaysia, just recently. Not been with her, she was there. Just let me clear, clarify that. <laughs> Some of you are listening think, what's he doing with her? I'm not with her, she's there. There's a thousand of us there. Just kind of just putting it out. So Leanne says to him, Luke, why don't you go into heaven and get the body parts for, let's just say, Sister Mary? So Luke says, okay, I'm off. Boom, in the spirit. He says, I go into the, the throne room. I said, I go past the throne room. I go into the warehouses. He said, the door opens. I get the part for the woman. He said, then I go in the spirit. I can see him in the spirit. I'm going to the hospital where the woman is. He says, then as I get into the hospital, there's an angel there. And he says, leave it with me, Luke. I'll take it from here. The next thing that happens, he sees the angel put the part on the woman and all the power blows in the top part of the hospital. The machines go down, they're panicking. You know what that would sound like if there's power failure. She walks out of the hospital healed. Now, that's because, now, if God can do that with a seven-year-old boy, why can't he do it with a 17, a 27, a 37, a 47, a 57, a 67, an 87, 97, and we'll stop there. Because <coughs> at 97, you might need some parts yourself. You might not look around and find a young kid. <laughs> now, this is a young boy. Now, I've talked to other people who's had similar experiences. But we shouldn't marvel at that young boy. He, he emotionally touched me because he's such a young lad. And I know some of our kids in the back, back there. Some of our kids are having experiences. Lisa and David's lad. Sam. 
is having had, had experiences. Some of the other kids are having experiences. Why? Because we're teaching our kids that heaven is available. We don't come to, we don't come to church to find heaven. Heaven's inside us. But God wants you to realize when you pray his prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom is heaven coming down on earth in your life. I really believe that one of the things that God's going to open up to us as a church is that we're going to see the days of heaven here on the earth. Heaven's visitation and dimensions and access points are going to become more and more made unknown to us the moment we really begin to line our lives up to heaven. We're not looking for experiences, but experiences will come. Experiences will come, but we're not looking for experiences. Healing is heaven. How many of you believe that? It amazes me how many believers have never experienced heaven. It really does. Now, depending which church you've come from, what background you've had, what teaching you've had, I can understand why many people have never received dimensions of heaven over their life. I was in a, in, in a brethren church for many years and I never was ever taught heaven on earth. Was you? Was you? Never. It took me years and years later to realize that heaven could be touched and entered into. See, when we're born again and we give our lives to Jesus, some people have a heavenly experience. True? When I got born again, it was almost like the angels stood in my bedroom. I had a real powerful encounter with God. And I thought, wow. But when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't have an experience until three years later. And I was speaking in tongues, and then I got the full power came. And then heaven came on me, big time. I've experienced heaven's power. I've never, I can't honestly say I've been in the throne room. But I've had the throne room come into my room. Does that make sense? I've had heaven come into my room and fill my room and I know that, Tony, keep your head down. Don't lift up. Don't sit. This is not a time for you to be talking, Tony. This is a time for you to just shut up. My mother could never bring me to that point. But heaven can. It's amazing just how many people have never heard God audibly speak. Do you know what? God can speak audibly to us. I've heard him in a factory. I've heard God speak to me three times audibly. One time I was being told off. But I heard him in a factory, in a factory where I had to wear earmuffs because the factory was loud. And I heard God over all the machinery. So I've heard God speak to me. But how many of us, we, these are just daily encounters we should have with God. I'm no one special. I wasn't a pastor. When I heard God speak to me audibly, I wasn't here a pastor. I was just an ordinary guy. I still am an ordinary guy, but I wasn't in the ministry, so I didn't get any special attention. But I was trying to connect with God. I was frustrated, and as I was trying to connect with God, God spoke to me so audibly, just as you're hearing me now. Oh, no, God doesn't speak like that. I'm telling you, he does. It's a voice so loud that you can't shrug it off. It arrests you. You just know where it came from. You're not looking around like that. You just know it's for you. It's got your email address on it. It opens and goes, you sucker. It amazes me how many people have never had God appear to them in a dream. It's amazing. So much of the body of Christ is not touching heaven. 
So much of us. You know, when we lifted our voices and our hearts this morning, did heaven come? Was heaven saturated in this place? Of course he was. Some of, some of you felt, wow, this is different. This is a place with a difference. Welcome to a church with a difference. Why is it a difference? Heaven's allowed to fall. But we don't want to leave it. We don't, now we've finished, we don't shove it back up there and say, we'll see you next week. It's not like the loft, you know. You shove the, lad, you know, you shove the stairs up saying, all the junk's up there, it'll be down. Well, I'll get in there. You try, and convert, you try and convince some people, let's open the loft and let's go. Nah, you don't want to go up there. Not many people want to go in their loft. Heaven is not your loft. Heaven is lofty. It's over us. It's in us. It's around us. So the days of heaven can operate. Amen? The days of heaven operate over us because heaven is our elevated position. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Let me just read some scriptures to you just to put some context. I don't want you to think, oh, it's all experiential. No, no, no. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. These are so key. Wisdom and revelation are a key for entering heaven. But notice, it's the spirit of the Holy Ghost. One spirit. So that you may know him better. Heaven wants us to know him better. Yeah? That the heaven's desire is for us to know God better. And to do this, we need an open heaven. Eh? The Scottish have a, have a saying, it's better felt than telt. In other words, it's better that for you to experience it and touch it rather than me just tell you about it. So in great Scottish accent, it's better felt than telt. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So the eyes of your heart need to be open to see heaven. His glorious riches, inheritance in the saints and his comparably great power for us who believe. Heaven has a power for those who believe. This power is like the working of his mighty strength which he put into Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, in the heavenly realms. So where's Christ? In the heavenly realms. Okay, hold him there. He's far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this age, but in the one to come. So he's in both places. He's above everything. There is not a power on this earth that is above Jesus Christ. There is not authority on this earth. It doesn't matter. Christ is above everything. How? Through him triumphing over the cross. On the cross, I should say. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be... Listen, here's the key now. Here's the access point. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, God's household. He did all that for us, the church, so we could be where he is. Amen? Which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Now, God has given the church an open heaven access so she can align herself with heaven's will today. Let me say that again. God has given the church an open access so she can align herself with heaven's will today. Not tomorrow, today. Because today is the only day you have. Today you have to align yourself with heaven today. God has given us this access point. 
Ephesians 2, 5 says, Christ has made us alive even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace we've been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, listen, in Christ Jesus. So God's raised us up. He's put us in a household. This household has been put in Jesus Christ. This Jesus Christ is in the heavens. So where do we start from? Heaven. Let me say that again. Go back to the illustration I gave with Phil. I'm trying to get to God. All of a sudden, I bow down. I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. He's right, I'm wrong. Once I acknowledge that, he brings me into himself. He puts me in a house. His house is called his body. His church. That body is in Christ. It's Christ's body now that I belong to. You understanding this? I'm part of Christ and Christ is part of me. Christ is in the throne room. He's seated in heavenly realms above every power rule. That's why when we pray, sickness has to go because it's a higher authority. When we're, when we're, when we're getting trouble on the earth and it's demonic powers, it has to go. Why? Because heaven is a higher authority. Because Jesus Christ, we've been set above everything. That's the position of you and me today. We're in Christ. This is why we can operate in heaven. Are you getting this? We are now known as sons and daughters. If you're a son and a daughter, you will have the full rights of your father. Ephesians 3, 14 says, For this reason I kneel before the father, listen, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The church is in the heavens and the church is on the earth. The church is in two places. She's seated in Christ in the heavenly realms, but there's a manifestation of the church here on the earth. Because the job, the role of the church on the earth is to take dominion. And we'll look at that, not today. Heaven must pulsate through the church so that dominion can be taken. You will not get dominion if heaven is not flowing through the church. Amen? This is why it's so important that Christ, we understand our position in Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. I'll read these scriptures out. You just listen to them. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Now, are you awake or are you asleep? What does it mean, awake or asleep? In other words, have you died and passed over? Or you're awake now on the earth? I'm awake. Are you awake? Touch the person at the side and say, get up, wake up. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. We are awake. We're in the here and now. Becky, we're here now. But whether I'm awake or asleep, we're still in Christ. Where's Christ? In the heavens. Therefore, I'm in the heavens. And the heavens are in me. So, he died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we may, live, we may be together with him. Therefore, encourage one another... And build each other up just in fact you are doing. So encourage each other. We're in Christ. We can touch heaven. Heaven's flowing through us. The Lord's Prayer. How many of you read the Lord's Prayer? Do you know what the Lord's Prayer is? It's, an actual, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's a declaration of war on the earth. It's a declaration. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth. Hell, you better get ready because heaven is coming on the earth and it's going to flush out every work that you've been doing. That's why we must take our rightful position as the church in Jesus Christ and pray the kingdom of heaven on the earth so that we can flush out all the works of the evil one and our city begins to clean up. We have, we have drunkenness has gone. Drug abuse has gone. Husbands and wives are treating themselves, treating their families with dignity. With, you know, the, there's love in the, in the air again. There's no orphans on the street. There's a beautiful society. When heaven's allowed to kiss the earth, it begins to bring transformation. Families all of a sudden get cleaned up. Kids get set in the right order. But you know, we're so used to listening to the propaganda that society's getting worse and worse. We believe that there's no, we're not the antidote for it. We are. But it's not we in this building. It's you being where you are. Heaven must flow through you. You getting this? So then, Matthew says in verse 6, 9, Matthew 6, then this is how you should pray. So there's the instruction. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. When you understand the kingdom and you see the power of the kingdom, you realize this is not just a wimpy prayer. Wow. Your will be done as it is. Your will be done on earth. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no striving. There's no sickness. There's no war. There's no famine. There's nothing. It's peace. So if heaven, if God is telling us to pray this prayer, what he's trying to tell us is that whatever's going on in heaven, the, the, you know, the society that goes on in heaven, he wants it to be replicated here on the earth. The Bible, your Bible tells this, there is neither sorrow, no tears, no sickness in heaven. How many of us want a society like that? Where there's no tears, no sadness, no marriage breakups, no abuse, no nothing. Everything's clean in heaven. Because heaven is first of all what? Pure. So if heaven is first of all pure, can you imagine if heaven can get to earth and start in your family, start in your workplace? Can you imagine if God begins to transform the whole environment because of you, because heaven's pulsating through you? That, my friend, is not a dream, it's a reality. It starts with you. Don't start with us, it starts with you. It requires you and me walking and functioning under an open heaven in righteousness. Let me just, last scripture, and we're coming to a close. I will come to a close, promise you. Matthew 3, I'm on a roll, I just want to finish this. Matthew 3.13, when Jesus, this is the time when Jesus was being baptized. Now I want to say something. If you've not been baptized, this is your moment to be baptized. Baptism is, is, is part of God's agenda. Don't try and escape the bath. Well, I'm just a Christian. No, be baptized. Why? Because I'm going to show you the scripture now. If Jesus had to be baptized, so should you. Amen? So listen to this. Matthew 3.13, when Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized. What was he going there for? To be baptized, right, by John. So he's willingly submitting himself to someone else. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. 
and you come to me. Jesus said, this is not your moment, John. This is mine. Jesus replied, let it be so now, now, today. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill what? All righteousness. Why? Because the kingdom is built on righteousness and justice. Then John consented. He said, okay, I can see what you're saying. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. Soon as he obeyed his father, soon as he obeyed his father's will, he got into the waters. Heaven was open. Obedience always opens their heavens. Listen, as soon as he was baptized and he went up out of the water, at that moment, the heavens opened, listen, and he saw the spirit descending like a dove, lighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Jesus' Jesus' baptism aligned him to his father's will. When you get baptized, it's the first step after salvation of you aligning yourself to heaven. Father, I don't want to be baptized. I don't want to get in the water. But Lord, I'm, I'm going to bring my... If you say it, Lord, I, I have to trust that you know why you're doing it. So you say, okay, it starts with a heart decision. What happens? You say yes, and then understanding comes after. What we want to do is understand, well, why shouldn't I have to be baptized? Guess what? Forget it. There's a difference between, can you, can you help me understand why I need to be baptized? That's different then why do I need to be baptized? You're right, you don't. Jog on. But if you say, can you just help me understand why I need to be baptized? Yeah, sure, no problem. No problem. Look. That sister thing going on, that brother thing going on. <laughs> Jesus baptized. He humbly aligned himself with his father's will. Heaven opened up to him, and because he was baptized, an act of righteousness, obedience opened up the heavens for him. Jesus allowing John to baptize him was Jesus adjusting himself to a new environment that was about to take place. Because soon as he opened up, the heavens opened up, the Holy Ghost came down, power came on him. Power then to address the issues on the earth. Now the kingdom was beginning to manifest because now the Holy Ghost had come. He was showing us the pattern. Heaven must open. We must obey. The Holy Ghost is given. Power comes upon us to bring the heavens on the earth. That's the pattern right there. Now you think, well, do we need to be baptized twice? No. And yes. What do you mean? Yes. Baptized first in water, then get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says, keep on being filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's one water baptism, one power baptism. You can keep your clothes on for the second one. Well, you can get your clothes on for the first one, but what I mean is you've got to take your, put your swimming costume on. See what I mean? They're in the flesh straight away, Phil. Sort them out. The Spirit descended upon him and was given to him just, just like power will be given to you. Heaven spoke, and what did heaven say? Today, you have become my son. I am well pleased with you. Today, you're my son. I want to, I want to tell the world about it. This is my son. When you get baptized, heaven declares, this is one. This is mine. She, he, they, they have taken my word and this is them submitting. This is them saying goodbye to the flesh and hello to the spirit. Let's stand to our feet, please.
The days of heaven on the earth. How many of you believe it? The days of heaven. Just raise our hands, if we will. Every time we raise our hands, the heavens respond. Heaven's waiting. It's the code. It's the signal for heaven to move. When your hands are raised and your, and your heart is open, heaven says, oh, we're ready to move. We're ready to move. Let the heaven begin to move on your life right now. It's time to get baptized for some of you. Hear what I'm saying? For some of you, it's time to get baptized in water. The good news is we'll bring you back up. Don't worry. There will be resurrection life. For others, it's time for you to get filled again with the Holy Ghost. And yet for others, it's time for you to submit your life to heaven. Align your life. And by aligning, God has to adjust us. How does he adjust? By you submitting to those areas in your life that you know that are out of sync. And you're saying, Lord, I want you to come into my life and I want to be a disciple. I want to learn. I want to carry the treasures of heaven. I want to function as a Christian man or a woman. I want my life cleaning up. I want my family cleaning up. I want a brand new start. I don't want a recycle future. I want a brand new future. I don't want to keep revisiting the same place over and over and over again with the same disappointments. Lord, I'm breaking the past today. Whatever's happened has happened, but now I'm starting a new future. It's a new day in Christ. It's a new day in Christ. You're going to join us together, oh God, in the Spirit, the Son, and the Father. Father, right now, I release the Holy Ghost to do its work in every heart. I release the Holy Spirit to do its work in every heart in this room. It would be so easy to call you out and pray for you, but no, 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 no. Some of us are used to that, and it's the experience that we're looking for. And that's not the experience God wants you to have today. God wants you to take his word and let his word sit within you. So, Father, right now, heaven is open. He's waiting for your response. Go on, just talk to him right now and tell him your response. Based on what you've heard this morning, tell him your response. Oh, Father, we want heaven. Take us up, take us in. We step in as I am today, oh God. Keep the heavens open. Let your glory rise in here. Let it flow as we've sang this morning. Keep the heavens open. It's a new dawn. It's a new proclamation. And it starts today. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a standing ovation. <clears throat>